You are listening to the Free Play Podcast with Bubba Stallcup, Matt Warmbier, and Kate Katawaki, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. What's up, nerds? My name is Bubba Stalkup, and you're listening to the Free Play Podcast, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. And joined with me, as always, is my boy, Matt Warmbier. What up? And we also have some special guests with us, guys. We have from Dice Throne, Nate and Manny. Guys, say hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> you'll, notice, you'll notice that I completely chickened out. We, we literally just got done talking about how to say your last name, and I didn't feel confident. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even a little bit feel confident saying that. No problem. Yeah. Um, but just for the good people, Nate, tell people how to say your last name. Uh, it's Nate Chalier. Okay, there it is. And Manny, you also have a last name. I do have a last name. It's Trembley. Yeah, it is really important yeah, to you. Sounds made up. It is made up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, why don't you go through with a hey, what's your real name? <laughs> Actually, my original last name is Niska, so technically... Is that your maiden name? Yeah, it is my maiden name. <laughs> um, my dad, when my dad adopted me, he uh, I switched last names, so... Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. We're going to take the hard turn later in the episode. We're going to try and keep it <laughs> <laughs> light and floppy until then, but I appreciate your, I like your gumption. Let's talk about I like it, shall we? <laughs> But we we here at Free Play we like to uh, we like to talk about the games that we're playing. So we start off each episode by asking a simple question: What have you been playing? And Nate, let's start with you, man. Um, since we last had you on the podcast never ago, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, so I have I have two categories of of games that I play. Games that I play. Uh, like once, just because there's so many games out there, I can't play them all. But I, I just want to know what is this game, you know, and how does it feel? And then I have games that I play multiple times because I want to play. Uh, and so the the once game that I just finished was Grim Forest. Oh uh, man, nice! What do you think? I played that with my son. Uh, we 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 enjoyed the game. It was. Uh, uh, you know, I played with my two kids, and so there is some some cutthroatness. Some <laughs> some uh, squabbles. And let's just say there were some tears at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, so right. anyway, so tell you I have think, to tell me. It would be a great game. You, you got to tell me real quick. I hate to cut you off, but this is important because this this caused an actual fight at my house with Grim Forest. Okay, was the argument over the Rumpelstiltskin card? Yes, it was exactly okay. over that card. Actually. That's good. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Yeah. I hope James is listening to this and they can yes. fix this in 2.0. Hudson taking. Oh, yes. oh, but the game that I've been, uh, I, I've really been enjoying a lot lately outside of Dice Room, which I actually legitimately, we'll get to that later, I legitimately actually still love playing Dice Room. Man, I play almost every night. Um, however, the other game that I'm playing is Pandemic Legacy Season 1 oh, and yeah. thoroughly enjoying it uh, nice. quite a bit, actually. Are you planning on continuing on with Season 2? I am. I've already bought it. So, <laughs> how far along are you? I'm on month four, season one, and we just lost for the first time. Things are about to get real here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, both, both, uh, both in this month and the month before, we were like just about to win, and then uh, we had one bad draw, and everything imploded. On us. Oh, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So, here's the real question: What color box did you get? 
But I got the yellow for season one. Good, good. That's a, that was a wise choice. <laughs> it was actually the only one that they had left in stock. So that's a <laughs> good thing that's the one you wanted. Yes. yes. That messed with my brain so much because what is the Me point too. of the different boxes? And I think it's a marketing ploy. You guys would probably understand better than I, but it feels like a complete marketing ploy because the game's the exact same on the inside. But for it some is. reason, I feel like I need to have both of them. <laughs> you, you do. Well, do you know that if you put all four boxes together, it makes a piece of art? Does it really? Yeah, it does. Huh. Oh, there what? it is. There it is. Yeah. All right. Look at Nate bringing the hot takes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But to be fair, I only know that because I, I saw the two for bot or I saw two. I only knew about two at the time. And I was like, I had to do all research because I'm like, okay, which which version do I want? I thought they were totally like different somehow. And that's not the case. So. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you would think they're different colors, obviously. They're different games. Right. Yeah. The yellow no. one's yes. easier to win. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yellow one naturally makes you go slower, you know, because the yeah. stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> right. Think about it. I'll tell you what, I have to say on, on a legacy game in general, though, that that first feeling of tearing a card in half, like oh, yeah. my soul. It was so hard to do. But you did it, right? Like you, you went through with it. You tore the card in half. So admittedly, I did, I did not oh. in the first game. Uh, but then I got to actually the second game and I was pulling out cards that it was causing confusion because I hadn't destroyed them. <laughs> so I'm like, here we go, baby. And I, I tore them in half. There you go. Did you mm. not take them? This is what my brother did. My brother took him and he put him in a baggie. <laughs> I did not do that. And I had, to, I had to explain to him, we played probably, we haven't played nearly as much as you have, but we played a couple of uh, campaigns and you start putting stickers on the board and you start altering things and you get so far into it that those cards are not going to matter anymore. Yes. So absolutely yes. I guess you do kind of reach a point of critical mass, but he's like, I, I can't I can't justify, you know, a one play board game. I'm like, you're gonna hate these legacy games a lot. Yep. <clears throat> well, Manny, what about you, man? What have you been playing? Um, so the last game I played for fun, I mean I, as Nate said, it sounds really weird to say that I like my own game. But I literally enjoy playing it. Like right now, as I'm saying those words, I just want to play. Like I'm, I'm, wishing, I'm wishing I could like hop into TTS and just play with someone while we're interviewing. I'm sure Gavin's on. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but the last game I played for fun was a, actually a demo game at Gamma. I played uh, Giant Killer Robots Heavy Hitters. Oh, I don't know that Oh, one. is that the... Uh... Is that it's like the game. Rock'em Sock'em Robots kind of game? It's, it is. It's a game that was created by Weta Digital, the people who did the effects for Lord of the Rings. And it is a game where you are a giant robot and there's a city and you're tromping around in the city trying to shoot and destroy the other person's giant robots. And you have these drones and survey drones and these fix-it bots and you can deploy them into the city and then you're trying to hide behind buildings and um, and the miniatures all come pre-painted. like So they're pre-painted and the one you play, it's like eight inches tall. They're like oh, wow. these they're massive, massive miniatures. Wow. And it, I'm a miniatures tabletop person. That's my primary love with when it comes to tabletop gaming. And so this was a really, it was a really neat, a really neat version of that, that type of thing. Um, Did it break your heart that they were pre-painted? 
Um, yes and no. The, because they're pre-painted, I could just put them on the table and enjoy playing them. But Because <laughs> I have so many unpainted – I'm literally looking at shelves of unpainted miniatures of, from my other games. And I'm like, I wish I could had, had time to paint those, but I don't. No, if, if Dice Throne had miniatures, would they come pre-painted? When Dice Throne has miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, and yes. yes. <laughs> okay, great. My, my, my heart is that yes, they need to come pre-painted. Yes. Um, so now, so. Matt, you, you just started painting miniatures the other day I with did, your kids. Yeah. Just, your just a lullaby, speak, no. What's that game? Uh, Stuff Fables. Fables. Stuff Fables. Yeah. I was going to say lullaby something, but that's not right. I, Six I thought one, yeah. I would start like in a kind of an easy, like those, those miniatures aren't super complicated, but I wanted to make sure I could actually do it first mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'd never done anything like it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm trying to get through all this game so I can move on to Gloomhaven. I guess we're moving on to what I've been playing because we've been playing Gloomhaven. I'm playing in a couple different groups and uh, I would like to have painted miniatures there. I'm just a little bit nervous about mm-hmm. skin, skin color. Like skin color kind of weirds me out and more detail than I'm already doing. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. So I will add one quick note that the other thing I've been doing is playing games that my kids make. Um, and it's been okay. a lot of fun. My, my oldest son has a game and he, he keeps reminding me that we need to work on it. And so we introduce it to neighbors and friends and people come over. And so that's probably one of the most played games outside of Dice Throne in our house is my son's board game that we're working on. And so that's, that's actually been super fun. That's awesome. Is it, a, is it miniatures or is it a dice drafter or oh, like what? Are, it is a like it's a roll and move kids game. Okay. Where you are a dragon and you're trying to get all the treasure. Like that's nice. the, that's the point of it is you're a dragon getting all the treasure. Yeah, it's it's very dragony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Does it have a name? Uh, so far, he wants to call it Dragon's Keep. Okay. That's cool. Awesome. So, uh, when can we expect Roxley to be published? <laughs> when they fix to go live, we'll go ahead and plug that right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, right. <laughs> you know what's funny is working on it with him. He has certain game elements he wants it wants to stay in the game, and I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to keep those in the game, but it doesn't make the game playable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have to have our, our little talk because he's like, Dad, when are we going to run the Kickstarter for this? And I'm like, Not Oh, he's for ready. A while. Oh, he's totally ready. <laughs> he's totally, he's all in. But he has to reconcile that whole like, like game design, right? Me, seven. Yeah. So, but the idea of like, if he wants to make a, a legit game, there's some compromise that has to happen. Like, you have to have rules that make sense instead of just being. Like for fun, we made a game at home rules, and so right. he, he's actually wrestling. He's re- I can see he has an internal wrestle in his mind of like, do I want to make this game for real or do I want to just have a sweet fun thing we play at home? That's fair. That's it's just awesome. a game full of house rules. It is literally a game full of house rules. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Calvin Ball. Just yeah. keeps changing. <laughs> Absolutely. My kids like to take pieces from about all of my games and smash them together to make one. Mm-hmm. Very large game. It's frustrating and cute and mm-hmm. frustrating. That you know? that fills me with anxiety right now. Like it really does. Mm-hmm. My eldest puts everything back. Usually. <laughs> dot, 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 usually. Usually. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Usually is two out of 10 times. Yeah. Go even. 
Yeah, my kids are, uh, they like to play games with us too. And my my eldest son is, uh, he's about to be six and his favorite game mechanic is changing things. So if we're playing Rocket League, I'll be halfway through a match and he'll say, dad, mm. let's change your car. I'm like, well, that, that's that's not really how it works. <laughs> or yeah. Castle Crashers or anything. He loves the paper doll aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you guys could work that into your game, that'd be fantastic. And we'd buy <laughs> lots of lots of redressing. Absolutely. Castle Crashers, what a good game. Man, really yeah, let's spend the rest of the episode talking about Castle Crashers. <laughs> <laughs> we could. It's such a good game. I mean, that that yeah. was that was probably the the first I guess you would call that an indie title. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, now it's it's not. It, it wouldn't be just lowball indie. It would pro- I forget what somebody said, oh. like like AAA indie or something like that. You know, like a high level sure. indie behemoth now. But that was the first game right. that my wife and I actually sat down and played together. Um, nice. We play. We we found really early on in our relationship, co op works best. And right. You know, <laughs> yes. the, the fact that we could go through that game together and we were not fighting against each other. Oh man. I told you about Grim Forest. Yeah. That's what it was. We were playing two-player Grim <laughs> Forest, and we had to, we had to shut the game down, man. <laughs> yeah. You didn't finish. <laughs> well, we, we did, but yeah, you know, I, I let her keep Rumble Stiltskin. That was the very first thing I was going to yes. do was replace it. Like, oh yeah, you don't have that anymore. Oh yeah, um, right. Because you will get demolished real quick in a two-player game if somebody has that card. So I let. Her, and she gave you the look. Well, she, I, t- I, I took it from her, gave her a different friend, and she smoldered. And I said, oh. not worth it. So I took it back and gave her Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. And it was probably another three or four rounds before she was able to replace it. And then she did. And it, did, oh, wow. it didn't really fix a whole lot. But, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> thank you, thank you Grim Forest. The damage was done. Um, but uh, <laughs> I relate, man. I, I played one game of Ticket to Ride with my wife. This was a long time ago. And uh, I, I could tell she was trying to build this really long road. And so I intentionally <laughs> blocked her. And she looks at me and is aghast. And she says, take it back. <laughs> and I start laughing. I'm like laughing. I'm like, ah, you know, that's so funny. And she's not smiling. And she says, take it back. <laughs> and so I did. And we never played that game again. <laughs> I almost expect like some of these uh, nerdy couples that are getting you know engaged and, and married now to write things like this into a prenuptial. Like you will not <laughs> block me on Catan or Ticket to Ride or you know whatever. Like that's game changer. If you do, I'm moving back in with my parents and I'm getting happy. <laughs> it's funny. Like Aaron and I, like when we've, we're young married. We, when we would play games, like she was very competitive and really wanted to win. But I think the more games we've played, the more she kind of like, Oh, it's just a game. And maybe that's like part of having children. And she has to say that now. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> I don't know. She, yes, she yes. doesn't care nearly as much as she used to. And I still want to win, but it's okay to lose too, I guess. Right. My wife is highly competitive when it comes to monopoly. Uno phase 10, <laughs> And like Rith, wow. like she's high, high competitive, <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating. She has not moved beyond the ancient of games. Like Really? That is weird. Yeah. She's highly, <laughs> highly competitive. Given, given the, the atmosphere that she's constantly finding herself in. Mm-hmm. Yep. With, with new games literally coming out of her house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She does, she does, she yes. does really enjoy Dice Storm. 
So, so what with her, with her old school and competitive gaming nature, like what is her win percentage at that stuff? She wins a lot of Monopoly and Risk and Uno and like it's. I, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but I feel like she's an eighty percent win ratio with all of those. Really? Wow. Yeah. She yeah, could go pro. Yeah, it's really intense, and I I find myself often being like, yeah. Uh, I'll play Uno. <laughs> I'll play Phase Ten with you, but I'm not super pumped. Like I was working on a card game recently. We we, we started playing that, and it's in the vein of Uno. And uh, she, we went out, we went to McDonald's, and we sat down and we played six games in a row. And she beat me four out of six of them. Oh wow! And, and she wow. made sure to remind me. She's like, "Wow!" So I. Yeah, I beat you quite a bit, actually. Two thirds of the time. Thank you. Yes, 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 you did. Congratulations. Is she is she uh, logging in on her BG stats app on her phone? <laughs> she only logs the win. Yes, yes. Yeah. Man. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for for taking time to come and be with us, and mm-hmm. uh, just just to let everybody know, um, Matt, I think you you met Nate and Manny first, right? Uh, y- yes, 20, I think we met. Yeah, PAX uh, out. Yes, yeah, we met briefly there, but I think we mostly started talking at PAX Unplugged, I would say. Maybe, yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yep. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't meet you guys until PAX South, and that was a couple months after that. Oh, this last year's PAX South? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> January. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that sounds right. It all kind of blends together. There's so many conventions that <laughs> yes, what, what packs that whatever, packs yeah. something or other. You guys were there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the, it was not this back, last pack self, but the year before when we were in the indie showcase, I think was the first time we ever oh, had yes. them. Yeah. Yes, there it is. Did you? I thought you met them too, Bubba. I don't I, well, even. here's you guys were across did. the hall from us. Like you yeah. were, yeah, you were like not twenty feet away from us. Yep. That 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 packs. Indie Showcase is kind of a dark moment in my life um, because that's <laughs> that's when I saw Dice Throne and passed on it, and <laughs> have have literally been kicking myself for almost a year because <laughs> there's, there's stuff that you just can't get. You know, you miss the Kickstarter, you, it game over, you're done. Um, right. So you know, I, I found myself back in the the super duper uh, you know Avenger Ultimate Edition from Kickstarter for season two. <laughs> <laughs> to get all the all the things, you know, um, yeah, man. But yeah, so since since we we met you guys, we found ourselves uh, uh, at PAX South 2018. Um, not being able, every time we walked to the tabletop area, uh, which you guys, I felt like you lived there. Um, they just never yeah, left we that did. freaking booth. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But every time we walked back there, we we found ourselves standing and watching you guys give a demo or talking to you or hanging out with you. Um, and just not because your game was great, but because you guys were legitimately cool to talk to and hang out with. Um which is not always the case with game developers. <laughs> um, Thank you. Not going to name names because uh, that could get dicey. But it, <laughs> oh. But it, but it was, oh, hey, yeah, that was exactly. Okay. I see what you did. There. It just it like just flows it. out of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what, so would you guys mind telling us just a couple of a couple of stories from your conventions like what what was the we want to know the juicy stuff so like what was the weirdest thing that happened to you guys at a convention 
the weirdest thing um it's a good question interesting nate you got anything jumping on the top of your head i uh, know i'm trying to think man um oh i i know one thing um i was uh so what is it shut up and sit down oh yeah um <laughs> so uh we had one guy um Jonathan Herrera, he's been a great guy on our team. And he said, that's that's the guy from Show Up and Sit Down. You know, you got to go chase him. And I, my head was just, you would get conferenced so bad. When you're like, this <laughs> and I had mentioned, you know, wanting to go talk. And so I just go running after, and this, this is the most embarrassing part, is I didn't know what he looked like. And I ran to the wrong guy. <laughs> and so I started talking to this guy, and I'm like, I just immediately dive into it. I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know, I made uh, this is my game. I made. I'm so you know so excited. You know, I'd love it if you if you give this a review. You know, I'd happily just give you this copy in my head right now. And the guy takes the game from me, and he goes, so like, you just want me to go to your Amazon page to give you a review? (laughs) When he says that, I realize like, oh crap, (laughs) you know. So did you take the game back? well, I look over my shoulder and I see Jonathan who sent me over there and he's like hand across the throat. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And, and so finally I'm like, uh, are you a show up and sit down? And he goes, no, man. I'm not. <laughs> and he just, he like hands, oh. he looks at the game like with forlorn men, you know? And he goes, here you go, man. And he hands it back to me, he just walks oh, away. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was awkward. Uh-huh. It was awkward. That was awesome. There you go. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> Manny, can you top that? <laughs> can I top that? <laughs> you know, I was okay, so I was at Gamma a couple weeks ago and I was doing a demo night and uh Tom Vassell sits down at the table playing a different game at the demo table, some other company. Okay. And he looks up at me and I don't know him well enough to know whether he's joking or not. So I'm gonna I'm just we're gonna <laughs> pretend he was joking. So <laughs> he he looks up at me and he says Every time I hear a person say that your game is better than King of Tokyo, I tell them to shut up. <laughs> yes. And so the response was, every time I hear a person say my game is King of to- better than King of Tokyo, I pump my fists in excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left. Uh, so yeah. that was that was probably the most fun I've had with you know, a person I don't even know that I'm like. <laughs> well, that probably explains yeah, the latest is. video on their channel. Yes. <laughs> you're just slamming dice. Oh, that wasn't Tom Vassell. That was just some guy who's going to do an Amazon review. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Man. Awesome. Well, I mean, because you guys go to you guys go to cons a ton, right? Like how many how many cons did you guys do in in 2017? Uh, five, six, six. Uh, was it actually six? I w- I was gonna say four, but I mean you could be right. I'm not. I feel like I do. I'll put it together. There's Pack South, Pack uh, Unplugged, Gen Con, Emerald City Comic Con. Oh wait, maybe is that all? Uh, and, and then, then local yeah, stuff. Then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So not not actually a ton, I guess. I mean, I guess it's rel- rel- relative. Yeah. I'm not sure what is even considered a lot. But this year, I think that maybe I'm th- already thinking of this year because um, this year already it's been busy. We've we got Pack South, uh, Manny did Gamma, we did uh, Emerald City Comic Con, 
we're going to do PAX West, PAX Unplugged. We're going to do Gen Con. We're going to do Essen. Nice. I think that's the going list. Going to Essen. Nice. That's the hope. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, I'd say likely. Dice Run for sure will be at Essen. And at least one of us will be there. Uh, potentially both of us will see. Now, when, when is Essen? Is it? October. Okay, so you guys are, well, that'll be right before release for season two. I was going to say, are you going to have, uh, you know, copies of season two in hand? Uh, we're not sure. I, we, I don't, I don't know that there's a way in March. To I think that show sure. will be close, but we might. The, the show we for sure want to be our first show to definitely be selling uh, season two will be Pax Unplugged. That's perfect. That's yeah. Yeah, and we're hoping to see you guys again at Gen Con. Um, our mm-hmm. our team will be there uh, for you know for Love That nice. Nerd. So cool. Hoping Perfect. to do a little bit of coverage of that, man. Get to hang out with you guys again. Yeah. All right. So move. I always enjoy hanging out. Moving on to the hard hitting questions here. Uh, Matt had this one. I think it's it's great. Um, and I don't think you guys have ever been asked this before. Um, so feel free to take your time on it. Uh, who would you consider the heartthrob of Dice Throne? Oh, that's easily Nate. <laughs> nice. That is hands down Nate. Have you seen his hair? Question, Benny. I didn't hear it. Which, the heartthrob? Yeah. Oh, you. Hands down. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I said, and then I said, uh, I mean, have you seen his hair? Like, Ah, I see, I see. That's funny. Uh, okay, so next question. Moving on. Um, worst character idea. That could be from you. It could be a community submission. Probably is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had some really funny. What were some of them we had, Nate? The, the submissions. There were three dwarves in a trench coat. Was one of the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That and that started as a joke, but then it got submitted as a as a legit, fully thought out hero. Would that be the only way you allowed dwarves into Dice Throne? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> At least we have to say that on this podcast in case someone else listens to it. So I think that the three dwarves in a trench coat was was pretty was pretty fun. Um, there were a whole bunch of other ones. I mean, there were. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into the, the fan hero ones because sure. I, I don't want to necessarily call out something as being bad. Because well, there was a lot of bad or like, you know, odd or weird. Um, I'm trying to think if like what heroes have we come up with, Nate? Have we come up with any we killed or that were like, I'm sure I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. We, we've we've started honestly. The list of heroes that we've started, or managed around a picture, we have initial content. It's it's huge. It's really really huge. Uh, I, I don't. I'm afraid to also name any of them because they might all come to life. <laughs> yeah, you said you said ten years worth of content, right? That's a yeah, plan. That's the plan. Yeah, I, I would imagine you guys are keeping everything at this point. Yeah, and honestly, we're relying so heavily on tropes, anyways. I mean, yeah. So it's it'd be. I mean, if someone submitted it, it's partly why we struggled a little bit with fan submissions on the website, right? Because when people play the game, their first thought is, oh, man, I love bards. I want to have a bard in this game. Right. Or, oh, man, I love druids. I want to have a druid in this game. A werewolf or whatever. Werewolf, whatever. And, of course, we, we want to have a bard and a werewolf and a druid, too. You know, And so if we create a druid... What should a druid do? Are they going to control animals? Are they going to call spirit things? Are they going to raise, you know, have, 
you know, rock elementals, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, because we want you a player to feel like this is their hero and like they've been playing druids their whole lives. We kind of rely a little bit on tropes. Okay. A lot, I guess. So is there, is there anything that you're just absolutely staying away from? I don't think we'll ever do the, um, like what, what, we want to target family, so we'll never do the like over the top sexy, you know, type okay. heroes that you see out there. Uh, I think that's probably the only area we'll really shy away from. And then we wouldn't do anything that's like just again, we're targeting family, so right. nothing like ridiculously gruesome or you know any of that stuff. I yeah, love it. I would agree. Yeah, there was there was a slight controversy over um, the vampire lord. Mm-hmm. Yep, there was. Yeah, for for yeah. some of those same reasons. Mm-hmm. There was actually, and you know, that, that one was uh, real interesting for us because we, you know, my, uh, I mean, Manny and I are both, you know, we're, we're Christians and we I care about those things and stuff. And everyone has their own um, beliefs in terms of our vampires evil or whatever. Uh, for us and our kids, I think there's, there's, there's a level of fantasy that's fine to live within the world of fantasy. You know, um, it's not real. We're not worshiping vampires <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and, and at the same time, I mean, the character was not vampires can get, they can either be overly sexualized or they can be very, very gruesome and horrific. Uh, the vampire lore that Manny drew is neither of those things. No, I think she's perfect for our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I, th- I think that one of the things was you know the poss- it was it was in the speculation of what the vampire lord was going to be, mm-hmm. and there was talk about the seraph and what's the anti seraph, you know, and right. it was somebody said at one point a demon, and that's when the you know yes. community has <laughs> kind of lost its mind a little bit. Yeah, um, right. mm-hmm. but I mean, it turned out being kind of somewhat in that vein, um, you know, but kind of a an, an anti hero. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a yin to the yang, I guess, of the seraph. Um, you know, light and a dark kind of deal. You can, you, I'm sure you guys have drawn all of the lines between the two. Um, yep. But I agree. Without being a fanboy at all, I thought that it was. I thought it was a good choice. Um, you know, as as far as tropes go, when you guys finally started explaining that stuff, because um, you had to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it made a whole lot of sense. Right, and I think as you as you start dipping into the different mythologies or like a siren, right? People don't necessarily immediately assume siren is this horrible beast that it truly is, right? The siren in mythology is a, is a horrific thing. But if I drew a picture of a siren and it looked cool and had a sing-songiness and fun or whatever, people would be like, oh, sweet, I'm going to play as a siren. Oh, siren's call. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, if you disney it a little bit, then you can... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. you, you can curb it. Yep. Um, interesting side note, you guys worked with Disney for a while, didn't you? Yeah, yep. we both did. Both mm-hmm. of you, yeah. Can, can you guys talk a little bit about that? I, this is just an interesting segue that I, I remembered while you were saying it. Yeah, Manny and I both <clears throat> both come from the app development world, actually, games and apps and things like that. Um, and we, we had the privilege of working on... Uh, at least one project uh, for Disney because we worked on the Disney Pixar Finding Dory launch game. Um, nice. So we did that together. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. I was really pleased with that game. And then uh, I've also done a bunch of things for uh, Nickelodeon and Mattel and all, all kinds of, we've always kind of targeted family friendly content, <clears throat> but I must say that it's refreshing to target 
family-friendly content that also is very appealing to adults and myself. Sometimes it's a little hard hearing those <laughs> high-paced voices all day, every day in oh, my ears. Man. I wouldn't make those games. Hmm. So you were a Disney princess. Got it. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I'll say that working for Disney, too, the, the mouse is demanding. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's it could be uh, it could be a little intense sometimes with the hoops uh, you got to jump through. So it's it's really wonderful to have our own IP. Did yep, you guys not- have to refer to him as the mouse? Yeah, no. <laughs> Anybody in authority was the mouse. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so funny too because there's the persona. I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I can say this. Uh, we, <laughs> <one> game, <laughs> I had to think about it. Uh, there was one game we made um, that was based on uh, Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse Masquerade. And so we hired the the actual voice actress for for Minnie Mouse, and we're on a. She was in LA in the recording studio. We're on a call recording, and uh, there's one moment where she stopped recording her lines, and in the same, her the voice of Minnie Mouse is her voice. Really? And she's not voice acting. Yeah, it's her voice. What? And she, I mean, it's more dramatic, of course, but it's it's her voice. And so there's one point where she says, uh, she says, "Damn it, where are my keys?" And we like lost it. <laughs> I will pay a thousand dollars in your next Kickstarter if you'll put that clip in there as as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a fun time. Yep. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, well, let's let's take a let's take a break from some of these questions and play a little game. Okay. And this is a game that I I made up. Um, and I'm I'm calling it Real Rule. Or Rick ruled. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a scenario of a rule from a game um, or a series of rules, and you have to tell me the answer. Uh, So it's multiple choice. It's real easy. Um, But one of them will be true, and the rest will be false. And Matt, you're playing too. Oh, great. Yeah. So we're going to pit all you guys against each other. Okay, so this is real rule or Rick ruled. First question. This one's a softball. All of you guys should should get this. If you don't, then we're just going to scrap the whole podcast and we'll find somebody else. <laughs> in Dice Throne, <laughs> ultimates can be stopped by A, evading, B, playing a card that alters the dice, C, being in the shadows, or D, blackmailing the attacking player. Oh, <laughs> Uh, D, obviously. I want, to, I want it to be D. I want it to be D. We should change the rule, actually, on that. We should. We should. This is allowed. You guys, write, you guys write this down, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that one's free. First one's free. I'll, I'm going to go with B. Yeah, yes. B. B, Wait, with you a guys soft, are... soft D on there as well. So. Soft, yeah. And, yeah with, with a D. So yes. a lot of people think that being in the shadows and evading will actually allow you to uh, you know, sidestep an ultimate. Mm-hmm. But it, it obviously does not do that. So a little bit of, di- yeah, little we, bit of dice. In our updated rulebook, we Manny literally created a comic strip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this. I feel like that was the number one question asked in the Dice Throne community. Yes. Yes, uh, it probably is. Yes. All right, question number two. You're going to get a little bit harder from here on out. In Monopoly, we talked about this earlier, right? Monopoly. So in uh, Monopoly, the official rules state that it is perfect, perfectly legal to do the following. To A, charge higher rent than marked on the card. B, collect $400 for landing on go. C, collect rent while in jail. Or D, flip the board if you just knew that your sister was playing with the loaded dice. 
C. Uh, a. Yeah, I think I think a. it is legal. You can collect rent while in jail. Oh, I'm gonna be wrong then. The dice throne boys take it again. It is C. Uh. <laughs> Stay in jail and collect rent. Why people don't do that, I have absolutely no idea. No, I yes. definitely do that. Camp absolutely. Out. Yeah, it's just like real jail. <laughs> question number three this one is uh, a dungeons and dragons question so um oh, here we go out. in dungeons and dragons first edition uh -oh. which rule Ooh. was in place so during the first edition this was an actual rule a female characters had a penalty when rolling strength checks b humans are limited in the classes that they can choose C, you must roll above your stats to succeed. Or D, if you couldn't speak in an accent, then you had to choose a character with your exact backstory. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Uh, humans classes. I'm, I'm gonna say A. I'm gonna say C. The roll set above. It's A, female characters had a penalty <laughs> when rolling strength checks. Season or not season one, but but first edition was real dicey in uh, it's light racism and sexism and a couple other things. But oh, uh, I never played D and D, so same. Um, but uh, yeah, that that doesn't change the rule, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fourth and final question. Here we go. In the strategic masterpiece that is Hasbro's "Don't Wake Daddy." How do you actually wake Daddy? A, by landing on a blue space with no image. B, by landing on any color space with no image. C, by landing on a space with an image. Or D, by putting your cold feet on him. There's no cheating here. Don't, don't type in this in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's looking it up right now. That's what that means. Cheater. <laughs> I hear the clicks. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll read him again. Yeah. Landing on a blue space with no image. B. Landing on any color space with no image. C. Landing on a space with an image. Those are the three actual. And then the I'm other one was the cold. C. Image. I have no idea. I'm going to say C as well. Yeah. I'll say B to be different. Just to be. A. a. I say A. a. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Always go with A. That's It starts with A. Uh, the answer is C by landing on a space with an image. Uh, yeah, but even, even then, that's like a that's like a soft <laughs> correct answer because that's you just hit the clock and sometimes it wakes him, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the actual answer is D by putting your cold feet on him. Um, I can speak out of experience as a father. That is how you wake <laughs> your dad up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, thanks for indulging me in that, guys. Uh, every now and again, we like to play a little fun game of just stupid stuff. Because uh, this, if you guys haven't already, uh, you know, this is probably different than any interview you've done. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we It's great. I like it. This is, this is, we, we like to ask questions and just have fun. and The hard-hitting questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but uh, Matt, Matt's got some questions here um, that, that he came up with that are a little bit deeper. Um, actually about your process and about you know, maybe Dice Throne in particular. Um, but Matt, you can go and ask some of those now. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a point uh, that you guys didn't think this was going to work, that Dice Throne wasn't going to happen? Yes. Mm 
Multiple points. There's actually the very first uh, Dice Room started out as a mobile app. What? And it oh, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was originally called Dice Forge before there ever was a, a board game called Dice Forge. Um, and actually, the concept was was not dissimilar. However, it was a single player uh, action adventure RPG uh, mobile game, and you would uh, kind of like a little bit of Diablo in the, in the sense that loot was randomized, and you would craft dice. There was all these different sides to it. You loot different things. You build these dice. Every dice had to have negative sides as well, um, and you'd be doing this real time combat thing, and you're making Yahtzee rolls to activate. You have a party of five people, and it was is actually I still think it'd be incredibly fun yep. game. I would play that. Um, yep. But we built a uh, we built a prototype to it uh, for it, and I took it to um, my my brother in law works at Valve, and I know a lot of the engineers over there, and I was hanging out with one of them, and he told me this whole story about how he made an indie game, it was rated really well, and he spent two years of his life on it, and he put thirty thousand dollars into marketing, and it was not even close to worth it. Mm-hmm. And he just said, "You're used to you gotta be." A, like pay attention that you are making games for Disney and Nickelodeon and Mattel, et cetera, but you are not any of those companies. And he says, it's really hard to be noticed and discovered in the sea of the app store. Oh man. And it was, it was a really hard, and I'm actually incredibly grateful for his words, his honest words. Um, and I came home to Manny and I, I shared this story and it was like, it was depressing. <laughs> we both put so much energy into it. We thought this is not going to make it, you know, what are we going to do? And so we killed the project, and and I couldn't stop thinking about it that night. And we had always talked about many. I both love we love video games and we love board games. And we'd always talked about we'll make the the game, the board game or the video game, and then later we'll make the board game. And then finally, after we we had all this, I, I thought, why don't we just make the board game first? And so that night, I built the first prototype, and I called Manny. He came over the next day, and we played it, and we both. Well, well, I guess I'll speak for me, man. I guess you're for him. I, I loved it right off the bat. I was like, this is fun. And I don't know if anyone else is going to like it or not, but I do. <laughs> you know, and I'm truly enjoying it. Yep. Uh, Manny, what about you, dude? Was there was there a moment where you were like, yeah, I, I've i got Mr. Mouse on the phone right now. and uh... <laughs> Well, we, we were both laid off from our job two weeks before the first prototype was created. So when we were like, what actually began our whole process down this path is we both got laid off from the same company. And so when we started the process of Dice Throne, there was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I'll work on this. There's not, um, honestly, right before we launched our Kickstarter was probably the moment for me where I was like, I have no idea if this is going to succeed. I have no, like I had run seven comic book Kickstarters and the largest one I ever did was 24 grand. And so my mental math in my head was like, all right, if we're lucky, we're going to make, you know, we're going to make like 30,000 or 40,000, <laughs> you know, and then we're going to have, it's going to take us five more years to like get anyone to notice our game or anyone to care. Or like, I just, I couldn't mentally wrap my head around the idea that our game could be successful, that it could actually take off. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert, it did pretty well. It did okay. (laughs) (laughs) It raised 181 grand in that first Kickstarter. And and that state sentiment was so true for both of us. And it actually, I think, was endearing to fans because we were were genuinely blown away. We just had no idea, zero expectation, you know, that it was ever going to be like this. Um, And so our, our immense 
gratitude was was not phony at all. It was like, holy smokes, is this real life? I can't believe this is happening, you know? Uh, and it was pretty spectacular moment. Mm-hmm. Well, then you, you factor in all the jagweeds like me that saw it and passed on it for, I can't even remember <laughs> why. I'm still going to kick myself. And then season two rolls around. Yeah. Um, and that's... You know, that's what you guys have been peddling at all these conventions is, you know, here's dice thrown and here's what's coming down the pipe. You guys have had the prototypes there. Didn't get a chance to play any mm-hmm. of those, um, but uh, I do have the print and plays. It, it's a wonderful game. And I am not the only one that thought that. You guys had almost 8,000 backers. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, 8,000 backers. Yeah. You guys raised almost a million Canadian dollars. Which, is, which um, isn't real money. Yeah. In case you're- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's it's about a seven foot stack of bacon if yeah. I remember correctly. Uh, Canadian bacon, uh, yeah. thank you. which I would say honestly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but no, I mean yes. it was it was amazing to watch this campaign mm-hmm. um, for for a thousand different reasons because as a backer it was exciting to to watch that number raise because you know that we were going to unlock this new thing that you guys, I, I think you guys started. I haven't seen it before. The funding quests. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, yep. you guys pioneer that? Oh, Gavin. Yep. That was, yeah, Gavin. It was yep. all him. But yes, our Dice Storm campaign was the one that pioneered yep. that. And now actually there's been multiple other campaigns that either have already used it or have said I'm planning on using that. Yep. Yeah. I saw that Sorcerer City is, is using it right now. Yeah. yeah James Hudson's mm-hmm. doing that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Should have bought the rights in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funding quest trademark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So uh, what was that like to, to, to go from season one, from what you guys talked about with not knowing at all how it was going to go to, you know, now you're like, Oh my gosh, we're blowing this thing out of the water. It's crazy. I mean, uh, honestly, it's, it's hard to even imagine. There, there's kind of a numbing that happens when you start. You're like, all right, how much money did we make? Well, we made 740,000 US dollars. And you're like, <laughs> it's like feels not tangible. This is just crazy. No, no sensible person throws around numbers like, well, we just generated a three quarters of a million dollars, guys. And I would like to order my, you know, mocha. You know, <laughs> so, so there's, there's just kind of that idea that you like, like, is that normal? That's not normal. Like, there's nothing normal about what Kickstarter is and how lucky we are that we get to do this. And, like, I feel like if we ever get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I expect this and we're awesome and we just deserve all the cash. Just deliver it to my, my front door. <laughs> like, that, that feels like that would be such a wrong mind to have when it comes to making product, making games, interacting with people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's still, I don't think, I don't know if anyone ever gets to a Kickstarter and completely feels confident in any yeah, case, yeah. you know, like even, even, you know, um, CMOD, they, their recent one, I'm sure, uh, frankly, was not probably what they were expecting. Yeah, that was, know? that was exactly what I was thinking was CMON, you know, that if anybody should <laughs> yeah. be confident, it's them, they have a license to print money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, so I don't, we didn't go into season like, okay, so I, was a thousand percent positive we were going to fund. I had zero (laughs) question about that. Uh, But, you know, I I really had no idea what to expect from there. And there was a chance that we're like, okay, this grandiose aspect of, you know, Manny going full-time dice drone and all this other stuff, like, uh, this is scary and not guaranteed. And it may not work at all, you know. Uh, And we still feel that way because there's so many new games. And although we have a 10-year plan, I don't know if everyone else (laughs) is still going to care about dice drone 10 years from now. 
Uh, and I won't blame them if they don't, you know, we're going to try to always keep it fresh and interesting. Uh, and in my mind, I think, I believe that I will. Uh, but you know, every Kickstarter I think is going to be a biting your nails moment. You know? Yeah. Man, because you never know. I mean, you guys, you guys did a really good thing uh, when you released it. Uh, like I, said, I think that the just the layout of it was the most beautiful campaign that I've ever seen on Kickstarter. Yeah, um, that's all I, I think that you guys. That's all Roxley and Gavin. Yeah. Like, Gavin, Gavin Brown is yeah. a master of design and campaign building, and he is. and he spends the entire time in the background, stressed out, worried about: is it going to be good enough? <laughs> is it going to be awesome enough? Will people care about it? It's crazy because the man produces magic, and literally, he spends yeah, he the entire twenty-four days like it's not good enough. It's not good enough. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah. And you're like, dude, That's this is great. awesome. You're going, it's great. You know. As as a guy yeah. with a design background, like I I appreciate that because that's one thing that that really sets Dice Throne season two apart from even Dice Throne season one, which was a beautifully made game. You know, to say, hey, let's yeah. do, um, you know, now we're going to do trifolds with you know die cuts on you know the boards and stuff like that, and we're gonna we're gonna let you watch us, um, you know, watch Manny do art live, like all of those things. The visual right. aspects of it just took it from. 11 to 25 for me yep um us too and you know so i mean thanks you yeah. know from all of us mm -hmm. uh that backed it and those that are going to kick themselves for not backing it later <laughs> mm -hmm. um <laughs> thank you guys for for doing that and for creating a quality game um it really is it's uh if for those people who haven't played it the quick pitch is it's battle yahtzee um and uh it's it's so much more than that but that's that's the elevator pitch right there. Um, and if you don't have it on your shelf, you should have it on your shelf. Man, that was that was cool. I I had a wonderful time with that interview. Um, it went way better than I even expected. It could have. That was gone. awesome. That was really great. Uh, they were so open with us, and that, that's cool, man. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to do. We're trying to build relationships, real, actual relationships with developers. Not just saying that we know somebody, but being able to hang out and talk with them and you know, sharing conversations about our family and games that we're playing and other stuff that normal people talk mm -hmm. about. Um, but if you guys want to get involved with them, you can go to their community. They have a Dice Throne community on Facebook. Matt and I are both a part of it. Um, and just search Dice Throne Community on Facebook, and it'll take you straight to it. Uh, or you can go to community.dicethrone.com. And if you want to get in, maybe you're kicking yourself for missing the uh, the season two bandwagon. The, the, we said it's over. They were over twelve thousand, or I'm sorry, twelve hundred percent funded. Um, you know, twelve forty to be exact. But you can still get in on it. They were saying that Roxley does not believe in only having things for Kickstarter. So if you want to get in and pre-order, you can go to dicethrome.com. It'll take you to their Kickstarter campaign. You can hit the pre-order now button and uh, you're going to be able to get in on that, but not at the same Kickstarter price. So, but man, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to us talk. Um, Kate is not here. We forgot to mention that, but she'll be back sometime later, later I'm sure. She's going to be on vacation. Yeah. She's on a walkabout. Yeah, I think that's is, yeah. Right, yeah, she's in the wilderness. She is on vacation, and she'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Um, probably uh, not next episode, but maybe the episode after that. We'll see. 
but guys, if you want to follow us, please, we invite you to go and just search Love Thy Nerd on the iTunes store. We're also, if not already there, trying to get on the Google Play uh, what is it called? Google Play Music um, for podcasts. We're also on Stitcher. Just search Love Thy Nerd on anything that podcasts are on. And if we're not on there, let us know and we'll do our best to get this podcast network on there as well. Uh, but guys, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to check us out on all of social media stuff. We've got all the things. Just search Love Thy Nerd. And let's talk about all of the wonderful things that you guys are doing in and around gaming. Matt, you got anything that you want to close out with? Um, not really. I feel like if I add anything, it's just going to be a long conversation. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the Dreamcast I just got. I want to talk about, you know, all the stuff, but we can save it for next time. Say, yeah, save it for the podcast. Right. Absolutely. I'm super jealous, and we'll talk about that later about your Dreamcast as yep. well. I didn't really even talk about the games that I was no. playing, but we had so much that we did not even scratch the surface of. Um, with Nate and Manny from Dice Throne. And if you guys are worried, oh, they didn't get to my uh, my question that I posted in the community. <laughs> Manny was answering all those uh, in the thread anyway. So just enjoy it on there. But guys, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out. And don't forget, Jesus loves you, nerds. been listening to the free play podcast with Bubba Stallcup, Matt Warmbier, and Kate Katawaki, part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Be sure to rate and review the show and share on all the social media. I never played D&D, so. Same. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that doesn't change the rule, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>